0: Life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusk talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Hey, g'day there fellow humans, Mark LeBusk here for the Simply Practically Human podcast, the short, sharp, solo, self-indulgent version, a Friday version that comes out, and this week Let me start, I might share a couple of things that have gone on in the last week or so, which is lots of work. I've been traveling around a bit, Perth, uh, Sydney, got to go up to my hometown, Mojira, catch up with my good mate, Gregor, who I write about in this upcoming Mark's Musings, my fortnightly uh, little newsletter that I drop out and hang out with some really good people up there, watching the river slowly rise. It's due to rise a lot more with all of the flooding that's going on in our home state of Victoria at the moment. Tried to combine a bit of work with a little bit of uh, leisure, and enjoyed some time. It's been a while out in the golf course with a great friend of mine, Grant Beggs from Prestige Staffing up in Mildura. He's a great supporter of uh, of the work I do. Got to have, meet some people I haven't seen for a while, which is always good. And back into it this week, and I guess this week's short, sharp, solo, self-indulgent version is all about what I'm going to call the teacher becoming the student, and I've had a a pretty cool experience just today which I wanted to talk about reasonably briefly but hopefully it leaves a powerful message with you and the message is that even though you might be seen as I was called in the last 2 days in the room the expert in the work that we were doing it doesn't mean I shouldn't be open to the opportunity for me to learn and to learn from the people in the room and I've said many times about this podcast that this is the greatest learning laboratory for me in the last four or five years, because it's given me a chance to speak to some amazing human beings with different backgrounds, different experiences, from different walks of life, with different perspectives, and I've been able to learn a hell of a lot. And it happened again today, and it was a really powerful moment for me because, as you know, I've been doing this stuff for eight years. I've been running this program that I uh, ran today for about seven of those eight years, and... I could have the mindset that I've got it pretty well nailed, that people come into the room, I call it structurally unstructured, there's no agendas and whatnot, very little PowerPoint, but in my mind, I've got a a structure that works and certain things happen at certain times, even though we don't see that on an agenda sheet with the times and things next to it. But today I had an experience where I became the student and being taught by Thirteen other human beings who'd come along as the students, but became the teachers, and and it was a really, really incredible experience for me. So, basically, what happened was that we were we were discussing the concept of trust, and I have some views around what trust should be and how trust should be given, and given implicitly, even though I know that's challenging because myself and I'm sure others um, have. Um, had their trust broken or breached in some way, and maybe we've been the culprits and the perpetrators of that as well at different times. But effectively, we do an activity where rather than trust being used as a throwaway line, what I'm looking for the group to do is to make a choice, and that's the choice between the three elements of trust, and really it's all about them getting to the point where. They share within the group their trust killer. So, which of these elements of trust, if it was broken or killed in some way, would be hardest to come back from for them? So, I explain it to them. The first element is motive, which is about having someone's back. The second element is capability can you do the job? And the third element is reliability do you do what you say you will? Because I have lots of conversations with people who just simply roll out, I don't trust. Someone. I don't trust my boss. My boss doesn't trust me. I don't trust my people. And when I ask them the question about what don't you trust, they usually just say, I don't trust. And I don't think that's good enough. I think that's a throwaway line. So the objective behind the activities is something you can take back to your people and not to try and get the consensus about what we all should agree on is the most important element of trust, but it's it's for you as a manager or as a team member to hear and understand what trust means to others. So you can be really conscious of that in your day-to-day dealings with them. So we had 13 or 14 people in the room. I literally say to them, if motive is it for you, you come and stand at a particular point. If it is capability, you come and stand at another point. And if it's reliability, you stand at another point. And I give them not a long time to think about it. And I say, you go where you think you should go. And if you find you're on your own, that's just the way it is. So today we did the activity, and I saw something that I'd never seen in seven years before. That we had about five of the people go to reliability, six of the people go to motive, we had a couple of people go to capability, and then there was just one person who stood out the front next to me, and they didn't go anywhere. And I guess what was interesting was that. I asked the question of that person, so why haven't you gone anywhere? And they said, simply because trust can be different from me depending upon the circumstance and the environment and the hierarchy. And I'm like, can you please explain a little bit more about that? And this was where I went from being the teacher or the expert in the room to the student and learned something really valuable from this today that... Is going to sit with me. And also, I'm going to say from one of the students in the room, turn into an activity and a conversation that I'm going to continue to curate in the room because I think we got a lot out of that. So, in essence, this person who had decided to become a group of their own, and I'm going to say this now, they were given instruction by the authority in the room and they've chosen to challenge that and stand out on their own. First of all, that's quite courageous. Secondly, that's an act of leadership because they didn't just do what they were told to do, they stood their ground and they were then able to share their perspective. And it sort of went like this, that this particular person said that my trust killer can be determined by hierarchy. And so we dug into that a little bit further and there was a little consensus around this as well, that we sort of looked at it at people that you report to, so those above you in the hierarchy, those at your level, so your peers, and then those who are your direct reports, so those who report into you. And this person explained it very eloquently that their trust killer, or the way they look at trust, is dependent upon the hierarchy. And I found that a bit strange because I sort of had the view that one size fits all parts of the hierarchy, that if, as it is for me, mine's motive And if you don't have my back above me, you don't have my back at my level, or you don't have my back below me, or reporting to me because I don't like that idea of people being below you, then then you're out, and that's it. And I didn't think to expand my thought process that there could be any other way. So it's just one size fits all. But when listening to this human being who demonstrated leadership and became the teacher, they literally looked at it like this, and they said that, What's critical for them is that for the people that they report to, so the people above them in the hierarchy, that motive was the most important thing. They needed to know that the people that they were reporting to had their back so that they could experiment, they could explore, they could try things. At times they would fail and they would know that there was no limitations to them having a go because somebody had their back. Now, I think that's pretty important if you think about that, that you don't certainly want to have someone that you're reporting to, your manager telling you to go out there and have a go at things. But at the same time, when things don't quite go right, they're not there to support you because that's going to create indecision. It's going to create fear, demotivation, a whole lot of other things. The interesting one next was the peer. So looking at the people at the level that you're working at, and for this particular person, again, who became the teacher, reliability was the key. So it was really critical to this person at this level when you're working amongst your peers is that you do what you say you will because there is, I guess, such a reliance on each other. So it's really taking you from an adaptive viewpoint that, that we rely on each other to do what we say we're going to do in order for... The business to function and function in a way that's efficient and productive and I guess set up to succeed. And so working with people at your peer level, if they're not reliable and if they say they're going to do things and they don't do them, well then I guess the conversation went to that can start to have a reputational impact on, on you if they're not delivering up their part of the bargain. And then the third one, which was the direct reports, again, we went to the other element of trust, which was capability, and just trusting that the people that are in the job can do the job. And what I mean by that is, just to make sure it's very clear, is that they are very, very capable at the technical elements of the job. And we then got into a discussion, which I think was uh, an interesting one, about you want to trust their capability, but at times we can micromanage them and do their job for them. So there's a bit of a fine line there for that one. So that started a conversation, which then turned into talking as a group about what that meant to each person. So because someone demonstrated leadership and took a different pathway, because someone went from being the student to becoming the teacher, and because the teacher was open to the possibility that, there was a better way to go through this activity so that all of the group could get more out of it and it wasn't about ego and following what what I'd set up over seven years, we heard some pretty amazing things. So some had said that capability was the most important for their direct line manager because they needed proof to know that that person knew what they were doing. But all in all, and I'm not surprised by this, that the overwhelming response to that particular level of hierarchy was that people expected them to have their backs, that it was critical that as their manager, that they felt like their manager had their back for them. So then they could do the things that we talked about before, experiment, explore, try different things, and not feel like they weren't going to be supported. Interestingly, in the peer area, there was a bit of a mix here of reliability, capability, and motive. So it was like Different humans in that room had different ideas about what was the most important at peer level. And I just wanted to, I guess, get you to think about this. How often do you have these conversations at peer level? I'm sure that you come together with your peers for weekly, fortnightly, monthly meetings. What I want to encourage you is to have a conversation about what's your trust killer? What's the thing for you at this level where we're working together, not necessarily in the same department all the time, but at the same level that is really important to you so that I have a good understanding and that we all have a good understanding of each other's trust killer. I think it would be really beneficial for organisations to have those conversations rather than just get on with the work straight away. And then we look at the direct reports. And again, a bit of a mixed bag, but all in all, reliability was the winner here, was that as a manager, what people were saying in this room was most important to them from a trust perspective is that the people below them or reporting to them, again, I shouldn't use below, but I do because it's something that's been sort of ingrained in the way that I think from a corporate perspective, is that reliability was the big one. So that people in that position do what they say they were going to do. And sort of digging a little bit further into that, One thing that comes to mind in particular is that it's particularly important if someone at that level suddenly realizes they can't deliver on what they said they were going to deliver on, that they make that known very, very quickly rather than trying to hide it. And We did hear some examples today in the room where people try and hang on to things and act like they've got them under control till it absolutely goes to shit, and then they've got to try and scramble their way through it. There was a little bit in there around motive and wanting to know the intent of those people. And there was a couple of capabilities in there as well. But I just found it fascinating that for an activity where I thought it was pretty straightforward, for something that I've been doing over seven years, that there's such scope when you are prepared to listen and learn from other people who are not supposedly the experts in the room, but come with their own thought patterns, their own perspectives their own experiences, and I heard some amazing experiences, by the way, over the couple of days, that you can be open to the possibility that not only have you learned, but you've now got something, as I know I have. And uh, there was a conversation about royalties on this and trademarks and whatnot, but certainly something I'll be using in the future and something I would strongly encourage anyone listening to this who's in a position where they're in a in a hierarchical position where they have people reporting to them that they should have the conversation with their team about what their trust killer is. Is it capability? Is it reliability? Is it motive? And why is that? We're not looking for consensus, as I said before, fellow humans. We're looking to understand people. Also, at a peer level, taking that opportunity in your next meeting to have a conversation about what trust means to you. So again, you can build that understanding. And then finally, as the manager allowing the conversation amongst you and your direct reports about the same thing and sharing openly with each other about what trust means to you so that you are absolutely rock solid understanding of how your people, how your peers and how your managers see trust. So that's sort of it for the episode this week. It's going to be a short and sharp one, but I just want to give you this challenge and I want you to think about this as I close this one up. Is when, is when was the last time that you took the opportunity as the teacher to become the student? And I think that's something that you should heighten in your awareness, those moments where you can choose to shut that down. I could well have said to that person today, no, you need to go and find yourself in one of those groups so that the activity flows as it should flow and that everything's under control. And me as the authority or the expert in the room is controlling the room Or you could become the student and sit there and let it play out and listen to the conversation and then create another conversation that opens up a new learning and a new way of doing some work to create and get some further insights than what you would have got before this. And I'm now talking about seven years of doing this work. So take the opportunity to become the student and not always be the teacher. Hey, if you love this one, again, short and sharp. Give us a rating, five stars, would be lovely. And give us a little comment on why you loved it. Perhaps you're the person who loves to play the teacher and not so much the student, and you've just learned something pretty profound as I did today. If you liked it, perhaps share this one with your peers, share it with your manager, share it with your direct reports and have a conversation. The whole idea of these short, sharp ones is I want to create something practical for you that you can take back into your workplace. You can play it with your teams, you can play it with your peers or whatever else And then have a conversation about how you can start to embed some of this into your workplace. But until next time, keep it simple, keep it practical, and keep it human. Bye for now.